We are starting a new series called The Storyteller, which is going pretty much to focus on the parables that we found in the book of Matthew. And uh, so in the coming weeks, we are going to hear more about the parables. It just happened that I'm, I'm the first one to preach on this. A few things about the parables. As, as, as we heard Bonnie said to the, to the children this morning, parables are the illustrative stories that um, people will draw, whether from nature or from common things in life, to explain something. It is a very prominent technique in the rabbinic tradition and the Jewish religion. It's very important for us to keep that in mind so that we won't be distracted by whether or not the story is true or not. That's not the point. The point it is the message that the story gives. Now, because we are going to hear a lot of parables, I thought we could probably, I could probably say a few things about how the parables works so that as you are reading them, you understand how they, how they pretty much work. I can say there are two main rules when you're reading the parables. One is you have to stick with the details that the storyteller gives you. Why? Because usually when someone comes up with a parable, they have a goal and an objective in mind that they want to achieve. It's like a driver. You have to trust the driver where he's leading you and not be distracted. For instance, when we as we heard the parable of the sower. There are some few things that Jesus didn't mention about the story that probably me and you would have found helpful. For instance, Jesus doesn't tell us the type of the seed. Jesus doesn't tell us what time of the day it was when the man was sowing, or the brand of the bag from which he was picking the seed, simply because they are irrelevant to what he's trying to um, to share. So the first thing with the parables, you stick with the details that the storyteller is giving. And the second one is flow with the storyteller, the way he's flowing. Now, the parable of this morning is the parable of the sower. I bet you've heard it a million of times. And it's one of the few parables that actually Jesus gave the meaning, because it was not in the habit of Jesus to interpret the parables. He will speak to them and let people to wrestle with the parable because that's what, that is the other objective of the parable is to let people wrestle with it. Actually, when you read Matthew chapter 18 to 23, that's where you can find the meaning of this whole parable. So now, here Jesus, he's giving us four scenarios. And it is clear that Jesus kept the perfect or the best scenario, like the last one. So, as I'm trying to paraphrase this parable, one thing I would like to invite you to do is to try and identify which one of the first three describe your spiritual life. So the first one, Jesus said, the seed, the sower, place the seed, or let's say the seed fell on the path. And in the interpretation, Jesus said the seed is the word of God. And I'd like to expand the understanding of the word of God to be anything, Christian, 
that uplift our lives. So it can be the sermon. It can be your favorite Christian podcast that you listen to. It can be your favorite Christian music. It can be Christian movies. Everything. Let's expand it that way so that we will not really restrict it to only the sermon. So he said, now this seed fell on the path, and then the bird came and ate it. And then he interprets and says, this is similar to a person who hears the word, but don't understand it, and then the evil come and snatch it. Actually, I love the way that Luke gives more detail to this one, because Luke also talks about the same, tell the story of Jesus saying this parable, but gives a little bit more detail. And say, the way Luke said it is, uh, the evil steal the word, which leads to unbelief. So that the person won't believe because they don't have the word anymore. Now, it's obvious that when a seed falls on the, on, on the, it is not cared for on just a regular road. It's, it's, it has little chance to survive. That's the first scenario. The second one, Jesus said, the seed fall on rocky ground. It sprung up quickly, but because it does not have root, when the sun rose up, it dries up. Well, it's obvious that anything that grows on a rock will not last long because it does not have the root. Now, the way Jesus explained that, he says, this is like someone who hears the word. They are joyful about it. But when persecution or challenges comes, they fall back. So it's like you've come to the church or you've had a great sermon, your faith is lifted up, but the, second, the, the next second you hear a bad news or something happen, you feel like you're losing it. You are, like one minute you were trusting God and the other minute you were not trusting God because of the challenge and the storm that you were facing. Now, one of the things, let me stay a little bit here over here. One of the things that we can consider as the root that helps to strengthen the root of the word is prayer. Because prayer and the word goes along. Um, let me give an, an illustration here. During Ash Wednesday, if you had a chance to listen to the sermon, we heard about forgiveness. Now, in everything that the preacher said, uh, maybe there was just one thing that stuck out to you. So the sermon that we heard on Wednesday is like the seed. Now, when you heard it, and most of the time we don't do it quite often, is to meditate upon the word that we've received. So when you receive the word, you probably went back home and uh, you look into your life, you say, which part of what is God calling me to do? Is God calling me to forgive somebody? I'm talking about the, the sermon we heard on Wednesday. Or is God calling me to reach out and ask for forgiveness? Or is God calling me to repent to him? Now, once you discover what you need to take after receiving the word, then you pray over it so that God will give you the strength to forgive or give you the strength to ask for forgiveness. 
Now you can see how the prayer now helps the words that you heard to be stronger, to be anchored. So prayer is one of the roots that we can use to the words that we've received. The third scenario that Jesus gives, he says, this has less to do with the type of soil, but the environment in which the seed is growing. Jesus said this seed fell on, I bet it was a good type of soil, but the problem is like it was surrounded by thorns, such that the crop in itself couldn't grow fully because the thorns were kind of choking on the crop. And Jesus explained this to me that these are like people who hear the word, but because of the care, let me use the language of the scripture, the cares of the world, or the lure of the wealth, it makes the, them being unfruitful. Now, I have to be careful here not to, uh, to, to clarify something is, Jesus is not saying that working hard for your money is bad. Jesus is not saying that caring for the world is bad. The only thing is when these two things becomes the driver that drives our motivation, our being, that's when the danger comes. Because now it is no longer the word of God that guide us, lead us. It becomes now either wealth or the world that is driving us. And remember again that we are the light of the world. So the world has to follow us, not us following the world. The perfect scenario that Jesus left at the, at the end, he's a good soil. What happened when the seed fall on a good soil? It produces a crop. From one, you can have 160, more than what was sown. So clearly, Jesus wanted to, the people to understand that he wants them to become the last scenario, the good soil. When we receive the word, it has to produce something in us. Now, there is something very important with this last part that I would like to emphasize this morning. Let me use the example of a tree, because tree also grow from a seed. Why is it important that we become good soils, produce good grains? It is because, as we all know, when a tree grows, and it produces fruit, there is no tree, let me put it this way, there is no trees that eat their own fruit, if you see what I mean. They always produce fruit, either for human consumption or for animals. Now, not all trees produce fruit. There are some trees that do not have, do not, do not produce fruit, but at least they provide shade for both animals and humans. What am I trying to say here? If we become the good type of soil that Jesus is talking about, then we'll produce fruits that everybody around us can benefit from. This reminds us that, again, we are all relevant in the kingdom of God and in the world 
Because, as I said, you might not have a very outgoing gift, which I can compare to fruits that human or birds can eat, but you can still provide shade for other people, which I can consider that you can still cast off, can still give advice. Because the way God created us is we cannot do everything by ourselves. That's the reason that God gave specific gifts to specific people so that we will need their help, or let me try to personalize it. God has equipped you, not for yourself, but so that other people will benefit from that. So every time we hear the word of God is kind of an investment that God is investing in us, not for ourselves, but so that we can grow, produce fruit, and provide for other people. So this morning as we are thinking, looking at this story, I would like to encourage us and see which type of the three first scenarios describe our spiritual life. And once you figure out that, I'm going to encourage you to move to the last part because God is counting on our, on our fruitfulness to make an impact in this world. Remember somewhere in the Bible where it said that the tree that does not produce fruit will be cut and thrown into the fire. It's just similar to, in as much as God is investing in us, we should be able to produce and impact people around us. And the second thing that I would like us to remember as we are thinking about this parable throughout the week is, what type of fruit are you producing? Are your fruits safe for people around you to, come, to consume? What type of shade are you providing? Can people come to you, feel secured? Can people trust you? you know? There are some trees that, even if they provide shade, if they are not safe, let's say if they are snakes or if they are, they are, there's anything dangerous, regardless of how tired you are, you cannot sit under that tree because you know that it is dangerous. So the question that I'd like us to think of is, what type of fruits are you producing? Or what type of fruit are you feeding people around you? Or what type of shade are you? Are you a safe shade that people can freely come, confide in you, find peace, find help, find, find encouragement? Because all of these are what God is calling us to do. Now, to finish, I was supposed to say this in my introduction. One of the reasons that, uh, one of the things that I love about parables is that Jesus is teaching the principles of the kingdom of God, and we are part of the kingdom of God. And like any other kingdom or country, there are certain ways to do certain things. For example, if you can remember a few years now, I had a hard time to start my work here because I had to wait for my visa. I think it was two years ago. 
in as much as I was already in the U.S., I couldn't just come and say, you know what, I'm going either way. No. Why? Because there is a certain way that things are done in this country that I had to follow in order for me to be able to stand here and to work or to serve. And for people who have traveled, you also know that laws changes from countries to countries. And wherever you are in a different country, you have to abide by that law. Unfortunately, we tend to do it differently when it comes to God. We don't like to abide by his principles and his rules. We like very much to create our own and try to live the way we want in God's kingdom. So as we are going these weeks, hearing about parables, let's keep in mind that these are principles of the kingdom of God that we are part of to make an impact. May God bless his word. In Jesus' name, amen.